And now, from the Daytona Beach News Journal. And he is a lap away from the checkered flag in the Daytona 500. The voice of NASCAR. Austin Dillon wins the 60th running of the Great American Race. Daytona Motor Miles with Ken Willis and Godwin Kelly. Might just be the glare, but it looks like he might have a perforated colon from here. Oh, are we on? <laughs> hey! <laughs> Ken Willis, Godwin Kelly, Daytona Motor Mouse, Facebook Live. I'm going to keep staring at that thing all day. Skeletal man. Yes. I don't it see it. It is the glare. Well, you're blocked off by the uh, cordoned off here in the ER. Yeah. All right, we got a uh, let's see. Oh, we got a new guy to talk about this week. Finally, we're not talking about any. We're not talking about uh, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, or Martin Truex. Well, no. we will talk about Martin Truex <laughs> and uh, Kyle Busch. Yeah, we and him. <laughs> and why not talk about Harvick too? But otherwise, but we're not leading with them. Uh, Kurt Busch joined the party last week at uh, Bristol. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to hear from his spotter, a former race car driver, his own self, Tony Raines. Godwin Kelly has what we like to call here on in the podcast original content. Right. And uh, he, he had a phone interview with uh, Tony Raines, a spotter, for a different story that Godwin's working on. And But anyway, we might as well uh, get double double use out of that. Uh, we got to revisit the uh, Robert Wickens wreck from Pocono. Uh, we'll talk a little bit later on. Uh, something very unusual happened with Kyle Busch last week. Um, something unusual is uh, possibly going to happen to Martin Truex. And later on, we'll uh, talk. Uh, we'll say goodbye to Casey Kane and Elliot Sadler, and we will play the birthday game. And uh, but anyway, we're going to get started with what do you know? What do you know, Mister Kelly? Talk to me a little bit about Kurt Busch, Tony Raines, and that whole uh, deal that went down in Bristol. Well, did you um, watch the race? Of course, I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, that used to be, you know, that used to be a. Uh, in the 90s, the Bristol night race was party time. Well, yeah. You'd get all your friends over to the house and uh, get the wings or the grill that or whatever going. That was before every other race was at night, too. So yeah. it was kind of a special yeah. deal. That was one of them. It was easily one of the big four races of the year. Might still be. But it was. Uh, but I think it was more. It, it can still be. And this one was a good one. And it can still be very good. But just something about it. I guess like everything else in NASCAR, it was a lot different when you had Earnhardt and Rusty Wallace oh, and those yeah. guys going at it. And then you had uh, Jimmy Spencer and, and his shenanigans with Buckshot Jones. And, yeah, uh, yeah it just seemed that the, the 90s, not just to say that it's tempting to always say it was better back then. But in this particular case, Bristol did seem to be better back then because of the characters involved and the uniqueness of it. There yeah. weren't so many night races. So it was That's unique, it. and it was crazy, and it was big fun. And this past Saturday night was a pretty good automobile race, too. Yeah, it was outstanding. Yeah. Uh, and the thing about it is, uh, if you paid attention to the race and uh, – my attention span. <laughs> I've got to hand it to Jeff Burton because he spotted this on the on the NBC broadcast. Yeah, uh, how these guys are coming off pit road, and the outside lane was so much faster on the takeoff mm-hmm. that they were like trying to outbreak each other, getting off pit road, so they they oh, end up yellow. So they end up with an even number for the restart, and because if you started even like fourth on the outside yeah you'd be 
you know, you'd be in second by the second you'd be turn. In sec- yeah. Third or yeah. second, yeah. So uh, it was like real critical, and that actually played into Kurt Busch's win. Uh, uh, Tony Reigns. Tony. <laughs> <sighs> uh, for those who who uh, who have brain fade. Uh, I got all excited because uh, I talked to Tony Reigns um, Saturday morning before the race, mm-hmm. and then I talked to him after the race uh, yesterday when yeah. we've got a clip on that. But um, for whatever reason, when I came in the office, I was all excited about talking to Tony Reigns, and I called him Tim Reigns. Yeah. So... <laughs> And I was so confused for a half hour. I'm going, why the hell was Goblin talking to Tim Raines about Bristol? I'm not so sure Tim cares, you know? Yeah. So, But anyway. what the hell, if you get a Hall of Famer, you get a Hall of Famer. Talk about anything. So, anyway, Tony Raines. Anthony. Yeah. Yeah. So, he, uh, from his uh, vantage point atop the Bristol Tower or whatever it's called. Yep. You know, he helped guide Kurt to the win. Kurt Reigns. <laughs> Kurt Reigns. Is yeah. there a Kurt Reigns? No, I don't know. Okay. Uh, he helped guide uh, Kurt to the win. Clear ba- high. Yeah. Clear high. Based on Too low. those last, like, 50 laps when yeah. there was a bunch of cautions and there was a scramble on pit road. and you Scramble know. on pit road. Yeah. So. Uh, Clear at, high. At one point. Oh. um <laughs> and I thought this was hysterical. There were so many people that were braking, trying to let the other guy go ahead of them. There right. was like a, there was like four or five cars, and um, Kurt Busch goes on the inside, like way inside, almost scrapes the pit wall to get around all these guys. Mm-hmm. He just says, "The heck with it, I'm going," you know. Right. And so he basically passed five cars on pit road, like they were standing still. Yeah, interesting. So, anyway. Well, that's and I heard somebody talk about they need to maybe uh, revisit that rule as far as the restart goes. That you pick your line, you don't, you know, you, you don't the car the third place car is on the same line on the restart side by side with the fourth place car. The third place car should get to pick which line he wants if he wants high or low. Same with the fifth and sixth. Fifth should choose whether he wants to be high or low. Because they're suggesting, you know, up front, the leader, the you know, you got one and two starting side by side up front on a restart. The first place car decides if he wants the inside or outside lane. So, but then all the way back, rows two, three, four, five, and so on, they line them up, even number car on the inside, uh, uh, or odd number car on the inside, even number on the outside. And, and it's not fair. Now, it might be, you know, it might take them another five or ten laps to get it all sorted out that's all we need more yellow flag laps but but it is kind of weird is that if you're going to let the leader pick which lane he wants why don't you do the same thing in rows two three four and five let the guy who's ahead decide which lane he wants to restart in well, does that make sense no i, I think that's you yeah, don't want the confusion i, I think well then otherwise here's what you get you get what you had at bristol on pit road with all them guys breaking to try no you go you go i'm not going you but, go but the thing is, is but you enjoyed that the, it was very entertaining okay, well all right well all right remember the old theory when in doubt pull for chaos <laughs> so yeah it was a little bit chaotic so. yeah all right i'm with you i'm sold <laughs> never mind <laughs> i beg my I, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Was part of the yep. fun. So you, uh, so we're gonna. Look, you want to hear from Tony Raines yeah. about his uh, so, spotting duties? So uh, later this week in the News Journal, uh, I'll be doing a story on NASCAR spotters and the the trend. There's a trend. Did you know this? 
I think I do. Uh, former drivers becoming spotters, and it's become like a full-time job for a lot of these guys. So anyway, just as luck would have it, I talked to Tony Rain Saturday morning because he was sitting in a trailer and it was raining like really hard. Mm-hmm. He had nothing else to do, so he gave me a call. Yep. And then uh, they go and win the race, and you're the good luck charm. He's going to call you next week too. Yeah, and. Uh, in, in victory lane Kurt Busch said you know Tony Raines basically won this race for me with his you know calls from from the spotters it's a new Kurt crediting others yep and um, so anyway I talked to I went back and we talked again about the race and what it meant and so this is uh, Tony, Tony Raines right. talking about Bristol here we go well it was uh you know, really intense. Um, you know, it's just the, the race itself, you know, but spotting there is uh, a handful, you know, because things happen so quick and it's just a blur all the time. And, you know, going around there 14 and three quarters, 15 seconds to lap, you know, it's just it's kind of crazy. But, uh, you know, it was, um, like I said to somebody, we, we, did, we had more good things happen to us than bad. You know, we got in a wreck early and, you know, you get down in the dumps right away because you got damage. You don't know how bad it's going to be, how it's going to affect the car, and you have to work through that. So we had to go to the tail and, you know, fix the car and take off. And it, but it's a long race, 500 laps, and, you know, Kurt's uh, been very successful there. And, and, you know, he's really good at those long races where you just keep grinding away and grinding away. And um, I just thought it was a great race, you, you know, even – uh, even though we won it, obviously that's cherry on top. But the, just watching that race unfold from about 300 on, I mean, man, it was seven cars bumper to bumper on the same straightaway fighting for the lead, and uh, you know, it was just it was just intense. And I I think it was one of the best races I'd seen there in a while. Yeah. Well, um, in the uh, in victory lane, okay. Um, this is in victory lane after the race. Um, they were talking to Kurt Busch on the TV, and he basically says uh, gives you credit for um, exiting pit road at the right time. He said, um, "Now this is Kurt talking." Kurt says, "Or you he." <laughs> You say, take it. And when you trust your team to give you the right stuff setup-wise, you've got to trust the spotter the same way Tony Raines. He's a racer. That's why he's my spotter, and it worked out perfect. So that's yeah. what he said in victory lane uh, when well, uh, after you guys won. Yeah, that's uh, very complimentary, and, and I really appreciate it. But I, it's like I had said before, you know, I, I, I just try to help him when I can and stay out of the way the other times and, and you know Kurt's very talented um, and I don't add much to it but he, you know he makes he's made me a better spotter uh, over the last two years because he you know he um, he's intense he focused he's focused he runs hard he, he races hard and you know he wants to be successful and you know I, I appreciated all that I knew that getting into it and you know I, I'm I'm on. Uh, I try to be on my best game every every race, every lap, and and Bristol was tough, you know. And there, I, I'm, I make mistakes once in a while, and he's he's talented enough that he doesn't uh, let me hurt him too often, you know. And he, I know he came to me after the race. He said, 
you said take it. He said, I didn't even look in the mirror. And I'm, I, it just came out that way because I was thinking, you know, take the lead, take the win. I don't know. Just take it. Get there. Get yeah. up there. You know, yeah. it, was, it was intense. And, you know, things happen really fast there. And sometimes you're, you know, you'll say, you can't talk fast enough there sometimes. You might say he's clear. Here comes a guy coming back on the outside. And before you can get it out, they're there, you know. And right. he's very, very aware of what's going on around him. So I, I say he makes me look better. Then I probably am, but I, I appreciate uh, the trust. Um, that you know, it takes time, and we've been building it. I, I don't know it's one hundred percent, but I know I try uh, every every race to you know learn something and get better, and just just try to help him and, and Billy Scott, the crew chief. You know, sometimes I can see stuff Billy can't. I try to relay that to him, and you know, Kurt and I talk a little bit, but he, you know, he's he's so aware of what he is trying to do or what he needs to do that, that uh, you know, I'm just fortunate enough to be involved in it. But like I told him in there, I, I just that was a special race for me. I always loved Bristol. I raced there uh, quite a bit and never won, and just just being involved in it, watching that race unfold, and. Uh, the talent that he has and doing everything he did right and beating the guys that we, you know, that we outran, it's just, I just thought it was so, uh, you know, so cool. And, and it's, Daytona is one thing, Bristol's another, but they're both really, really, um, you know, marquee races to win. So I enjoyed the heck out of it. I know that. So, um, last question, um, you know, the, it's kind of the theme of the winner's interviews with Billy Scott and uh, Kurt was, this was a team victory. I mean, you know, Kurt's a great driver and he's behind the wheel, but he said, you know, if it wasn't for the team, including the spotter, you know, we wouldn't have made it. So, do you feel like that, you know, a little piece of that win from Saturday night that you got a little piece of that that you were able to bring home with you? Well, I, I felt that way, you know, in a sense, um, for sure. But, you know, it was something that started uh, the week before and, and then the week of Bristol, you know, was talking about winning as a team and doing it as a team. And it was kind of, I thought something new that kind of come up in the conversations and it, you know, it, it just it felt right. You know, it felt like it involved everybody and everybody's decision process that they have to go through the engineers and all the crew guys from practice to tech to, you know, qualifying and then and then the actual race. You, know, you, you all have to do your part and you have to pull your weight. And anybody that any one of those people makes a mistake, it affects it, you know. And, it, and so, you know, I think, honestly, my job's, fairly on the easy side, although a lot of people say they don't want it, because if I make a mistake, it's pretty big, you know, mm -hmm. and it, or it can be big, and, and any one of them could be big, but that that uh, feeling of, you know, let's, he, and even Kurt said it um, before the green flag, he said, let's, let's do this, let's win this as a team, and I thought that was a pretty good statement, because as a team, you know, we won, and we, we pulled, everybody did their job, everybody pulled their weight, and it just turned out to be a a really good effort and the result was a checker flag at Bristol. It's, it's hard to beat that. That was Tony Raines. Uh, I just received this just in, just received word. <laughs> we had a uh, comment on Facebook Live. We'll touch on this real quick. Uh, 
we do Facebook Live for the first few minutes of this of the podcast each week, and somebody named Randy wanted to know uh, whatever happened to the, all the young guns taking over like they were supposed to. Kurt Busch is forty now, and this was supposed to be the year of the young guys, uh, you know, taking over NASCAR. And uh, Kyle Busch is the youngest of the big three. Uh, I think he's thirty four, five, somewhere in there. But yeah. but Martin Truex is thirty eight, and Harvick's you know forty plus in his yeah. early forties. And now Kurt Busch is 40. Clint Boyer's either 40 or pert near. He's pushing it and uh, fighting it. So, yeah, none of the young guys, nobody's really, none of the new guy. Eric Jones is running really well. He's doing well. Kyle Larson's still a young guy, but he's been in it so long it doesn't seem like he's that young. Well, Chase. Uh, yeah, Chase. Chase but again, is what it, he's been in it so long he doesn't seem like he's a young guy, though he is. But as far as the newcomers, the guys, this is Eric Jones' second year. So, I mean, he's he's running really well. He's top ten every week now. And uh, he's going to – I think he's going to win again this year. I think of the new guys, not necessarily just the young guys, but the new guys, I think he seems to be the pick of the litter thus far. Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, young and old and all new and all that, That's it's kind of uh, weird because Logano is still in his 20s. Not for long. No, but he's still in his twenties yeah. right now, and he's been running like ten years. Yeah, he might have turned thirty just recently. Well, he might have, but he's got to look that up. He's been in his twenties for, for damn near a decade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, real quick, the Pocono wreck, uh, IndyCar wreck, uh, Robert Wickens. Uh, you you saw it as violent, as ugly. Could you ever imagine strapping in as as many safety advances as they've had in those cars? They are still look very uh uh they look a lot scarier than what you see in a big old full-bodied stock car well they weigh about half as much as a stock car but they have more horsepower than a stock car yeah so do the math on and that. they get in and their their ground effects yeah i mean they don't have to get off the gas like you do in a big heavy stock car no uh, going through them turns and it's just it's you see just how tenuous it is and how quickly it can happen, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was so violent and nasty looking. And just to think that, you know, he's stable, which isn't always a good stable. doesn't necessarily <laughs> mean you're a good stable. Right. But they're putting some rods and pins in his uh, spine to bulk up his vertebrae. And uh, But it sounds like he's, you know, out of the woods in terms of the bad, the worst case scenarios. Yeah. But uh but he's he's going to be a long time healing, but he will heal and it's just amazing that you know, as soon as that happened, they airlifted him out of there. Guys got back in their cars and went back at it again, you know. Yeah. Crazy. But um one of the announcers when I watched the replay, yeah, called the uh the catch fence the cheese grater. Oof. Because of what it does yeah, when, to the car. when an yeah. Indy car hits yeah, it, yeah. it just like it just yeah. shreds it, pulls it, pulls it apart. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think there's anything you can do about it. But uh, but anyway, that what was, a plexiglass. Anyway, there has been talk over the years of adding a canopy yeah. to Indy cars, but the purists don't want don't it. want it. Yeah, just a little rooftop. Like a little halo thing, like over. a fire jet. You know, yeah, you pull yeah. the canopy. Oh, over. that that yeah. kind of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a like an aquarium, like a plexiglass yeah. enclosure. Yeah, and protects the driver. Yeah. Well. Yeah, makes perfect sense <laughs> if you're a married man with kids. 
<laughs> or, the, or you're married to one of them. If you're the if you're the spouse of one of these drivers, it makes perfect sense yeah. too. Yeah. But give me, you know, if I had my choice yeah. of a big old thirty five hundred pound stock car or a nineteen hundred pound Indy car, I yep. I go stock. Well, yeah. Of course, I wouldn't be able to get in there. <laughs> <laughs> you have the ride along program i might be able to get into a sports car because they they actually have doors oh uh, there you go yeah good so, point yeah so all right well we're out of what do you know and uh we're gonna take a quick quick break and we'll be right back. thank you tony back with our uh, second segment of daytona motor mouse ken willis goblin kelly what you'll get that in big time auto racing thank you when you i really thought i didn't know where you were going with that but no, i appreciate it i well, wanted I to I say get. that uh here's something you'll uh, you'll get every now and then is a is a driver wrecking somebody else and uh and fessing up to it and taking full responsibility for it However, rarely is that driver named Kyle Busch. That was odd, odd happening Saturday night, wasn't it? That was, I think that was kind of mandatory though, uh, because there's because be, tell me why. Well, because these two guys are basically the teammates. Well, they they they're associated with Toyota, right, right? But it was obvious that the way Kyle's car got into Truex's car that it was thought he was clear and he wasn't should have had Tony Raines up on the stand <laughs> should have could have would have could have had Tony Raines saying yeah got one low got one low <laughs> easy easy, easy. Number. so anyway also we mentioned Martin Truex Jr. Here, here's something else you'll get in big time auto racing uh, a driver's immediate near immediate future up in the air because of uh the chief funding source or one of the chief funding sources of his automobile race team is uh is taking their checkbook and leaving um i mean we it was kind of stunning when it was stunning enough a lot of the corporate money is left uh, from sponsorship standpoint of race teams and a lot of them have gone from you know 30 race sponsorships to 10 or 15 race sponsorships and and then all of a sudden we got the big stunner last you know went recently when Lowe's said they're done after this year you know after a long association with Jimmy Johnson seven championships but Lowe's says <coughs> you know we're going to redirect our money elsewhere so I guess we shouldn't be shocked that uh, that uh, Martin Truex the five hour energies you know they were like sponsored a third to a half of the season i think for him and they're they're gone and without a replacement barney visser says you know we're not gonna be able to race as we race now without a replacement which now shows uh, may lead to <coughs> truex leaving for stuart haas racing to replace kurt bush who was presumably leaving to replace jamie mcmurray at ganassi racing right got me yeah you copy I heard that. <laughs> DW up in the booth. You copy? <laughs> so anyway, so uh, how do you see all that shaking out? The Kurt Busch to Ganassi seems to be a done deal. How do you see? Uh, how do you see the Truex thing shaking out? And uh, what do you think? Just, just talk, please. Start talking. <laughs> the, the Truex thing is basically bizarre to me because Barney Visser basically uh, funded that team out of his own pocket for a decade, mm-hmm. and then. You know when uh, when Truex came along, they upped the ante, obviously. 
to, but they also brought in some outside money. They brought in out. They yeah. upped the ante, brought in outside money, and uh, it just shows you <coughs> that you know Barney Visser could field a car, yeah. but he's saying in order to field a championship car, yeah. you know, we need to have all these sponsorship slots filled, and they're only losing one sponsor out of you know a half dozen. Yeah. And he's like, you know, if we can't find a replacement, you know, we can't run right. like we're running. And it just that's just unimaginable to me. Well, I, I think it needs to go back to what has been on the table here for the past year or so is a different business model to make the teams less or totally independent of of the need for for sponsorship money. I mean other I mean the other you, you can't compare racing to the other sports, but you don't have to do this in other sports. I mean a, a a baseball team, the New York Yankees aren't dependent on Adidas to to be able to go out and sign free agents and 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 uh, run a good farm system. I mean, it's just an odd. Racing's always been weird. I mean, from the very first time they went on the beach, you know, Barney Oldfield put the goggles down over his <laughs> nose. You know, it's always been weird. But it just it seems to me that there's got to be another way, and they're eventually going to have to find another way. Or the discrepancy between the haves and have-nots, which is getting greater every season, it's going to just continue to get worse. And you're going to have, you know, and we're we're getting there now where there's only a handful of teams that are really capable of winning all the the, the bulk of the races. And so I think they need to do something. And if, and if you know, if, if Rick Hendrick has problems finding funding sources for the number 48 team next year, and if Martin Truex, who might very well go on and win another championship this year, and repeat, if if they have to just throttle way back and he has to leave because of that, I mean, that tells you right there. I mean, that's just another example or two more examples of why there needs to be some way to be at spending caps or whatever. There has to be a way of uh, easing the monetary burden, I would think, in terms of being able to field a competitive team. Well, that's why um, people are very interested in the Steve Phelps business model. Yeah. Where you have, you know, these super sponsors, and they do everything from put money into the series to sponsoring races to having the money come all the way down to race teams. Right. So, you know... Um, I don't know how they would make that selection, you know, co- like Coca-Cola. Right. Yeah. Okay, that I think Coca-Cola is like a primary player here. Mm-hmm. So they would sponsor, they'd throw money into the, the prize fund or whatever. They would sponsor, you know, the races that they sponsor now, which are, right. I know they sponsor at least two, yep. the one at Charlotte and the mm-hmm. one at Daytona. Uh, and then the, the money would there'd be an X amount of money for a race team. Right. You know, and then we get back to what more and more people, I got to hand it to you. More and more people are talking about, uh, in the old days, Mm -hmm. cars were recognized by their color schemes. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a very underrated reason as to why the TV numbers aren't what they used to be or have gone or, or sinking. 
because you turn on the TV, you can't find Jimmy Johnson necessarily. You can't find you can't find Chase Elliott. I, what color is this damn car this week? Yeah. You know. Oh, there's Brad Keselowski. No, it's not. That's not a blue and white car. Oh, wait, I guess it is. I see the number two now, you know. Oh, it just drives me crazy. But, yeah, they'll get around to that, I hope. Well, it should uh, – Even I think even Junior, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Jr. Uh, was saying that something like that would, you know, bring more stability into the sport just having team colors yeah i mean just a simple little idea of team colors right would bring more stability to the sport yeah, i know like even like in uh, the old indy car days you, you look for the red and white cars and those are the penske cars you right know? you would know and, and those things are really hard to determine one from another because there's so little bit of carbon fiber i was gonna say sheet metal but yeah so but yeah i think team colors used to be so easy you turn on the you turn on the color tv and there hey there's jeff gordon hey there's uh you know there's daryl waltrip there's tony stewart you knew now i don't know it depends on who a sponsor is this week right you know so it's just it it wears me out and it angers me (laughs) well it'll be interesting to see you know what they do with the with this concept Mm -hmm. and i don't know if they can implement it uh anytime before the new tv contract kicks in or not uh the the current tv contract is goes to 24 yep so you know i don't know and that's a long way off as we sit here right now but in in that world it's not no in that world it's not a long way off no not that far off. yeah so it's a week it's a week from tuesday i think (laughs) All right, we're done with you. will get that in big time auto racing, and we'll be right back after this. And we're back. Green White Checkers, we're going to bring it home with a little happy trails to Casey Kane and Elliot Sadler. Uh, I still say for both, with both men, what could have been, you know? I mean, Casey Kane, you know, had, what, pushing 20 wins, I think, had, a, had six wins in his second or third full-time year. But uh, given that six-year, six-win season way back when, uh, you really thought there was a lot more coming. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And and you know the equipment plays a big role in all this, so you always hesitate to say somebody underachieved. So you don't know if he underachieved or if his car is underachieved. But you really thought, particularly when he went to Hendrick, you really thought, okay, you know, now it's rejuvenation time, and it just never, you, know, it's like he never, you know whatever he just never yeah it just didn't the chemistry wasn't there and i and i researched it he made you know these last few seasons this is the third season where we don't know how much purse money is being made by the team say don't they don't list purse money anymore but prior to these last three seasons i went back and looked and he looked over the trucks bush series cup and the assorted uh, non-points races, his winnings from like the Bush Clash and all that, Bud Shootout, <laughs> that he it was about eighty million, about seventy million in purse money from the Cup Series. Now, then eight about eighty overall. Now, assuming he got half that, he's you know he's leaving. You know he's not uh, he's not going to you know a government cheese handout anytime soon. Nice. So he had a very fruitful career. It just, you know, just short of, uh, I was going to say just short of, didn't quite reach Hall of Fame level. But, you know, they keep putting five guys in a year. They'll get to them eventually. <laughs> They'll get yeah, to them pretty He might go quick. in the same year you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. He might get in there pretty quick. So, anyway, real quick on Casey Kane, then we'll uh, go real quick on Elliot Sadler. What are your thoughts, if any, on the career of Casey Kane? 
Well, it's he, he's got a star cross career. I mean, everybody come out of the shoot, you know, really hot, and then it just kind of fizzled from there. I he mean, came really. out about a decade. He came, he left that USAC world, that short track USAC world, about a decade after Jeff Gordon did. He was part of that little wave of USAC guys, open wheel midget, uh, silver crown. Uh, sprint cars, that kind of thing. They came out and uh, and to his credit, a lot of them guys that did that. About I'd say it's about fifty fifty. About half of them, or maybe even more, couldn't handle the transition to the big heavy cars. Right, but he did. So that it, you know, a lot of them guys could not make that transition from the short track USAC cars or the Indy cars. They couldn't make the, the that big transition. But he did do that. And and him did I mention the eighty million? <laughs> so yeah, and that's not counting whatever he got. You know, his contract, his contractual salaries and whatever either and, and other any type of endorsement deals but he one thing about it though he, he was quiet man it's like you never heard a peep from him no no like he never made an enemy just so quiet just went along and the women loved him because he was the cute one. Oh my goodness yeah cute as bug yeah yep so happy trails and he's only 38 good for him and now he's going to go race he's going to go back to the short track world he's got a team that he funds and he's going to do a little bit of racing there and then i think eventually without his big uh nascar cup contract uh you know making a couple of deposits automatic deposits a couple of a couple of weeks a month he uh he might have to scale back on that yeah. <laughs> eventually i yeah. would think elliot sadler give me your thoughts he, uh, talk about what could have been, boy. He oh. had some close calls. Daytona 500 among them. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What could have been is an uh, understatement. Yeah. I mean, even in his last, uh, like, three Xfinity races at Daytona, right I think there. he's been second. By, by, like, a total margin of, like, a foot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, that pretty much is the summation of his career, you, you know, almost. Yeah. That if they if he, won, he won a couple cup races, and he looked like he was going to be settle in for a nice career there, and then then you know all kind of I guess political issues, funding issues, sponsorship issues, I, and I'll hand you know, it I'll hand it to him for, on that, yeah, because he he got into that like subpar equipment, mm-hmm. and he said I, I'd rather be uh, you know the big fish in the little pond than yeah. the little fish in the big pond and. Yeah said i'm going the xfinity series push series yep that you know just for your reference thank you and i want to you know do my thing and win races in the in the in that series yeah so and and really uh, other than him missing (laughs) coming in second on the championship thing uh like four times Mm. you know he's done really well for himself yep oh yeah Fine. Yeah. Yeah, he, and he's about 41, I think. Yeah, he's yeah. still pretty young, yeah. uh, but it just shows you that the demands put on these guys now, yeah. that it's just burning them out. Well, and I think, again, I think now that the money's come down, and Casey Kane, the, there was talk that Stuart Haas had kind of made an inquiry, see if he might be interested in getting in that uh, 41 car next year when Kurt Busch leaves for Ganassi. Remember that? We talked yeah. about that earlier. Uh, but he just he not interested because I think if your guaranteed contract is only a small percentage, a certain small percentage of what it used to be, it just ain't worth 
year round. It's not worth doing that year round if, if unless you're going to com- continue to overpay me like you used to overpay me. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not working for fair wages. Damn it, I want to be overpaid like I used to be. So, yeah, I can I can understand where he's coming from. You want to play the birthday game? The birthday game. You ready? All right, here we go. Over the next week, these are the racing related birthdays coming up uh today as we sit here is wednesday tomorrow would be thursday at a boy kenny wallace is having a birthday tomorrow Old herman the youngest of the three racing wallace walleye out of missouri he's the youngest uh he, yeah i think mike's that, yeah middle? mike's middle middle mike all right and then russell up top shouldn't be that hard really do, do. Uh, 55. Unbelievable. Cheater, cheater. Nope, nope. nope. Right on it. Saturday, we're going to dig in your memory bank just a little bit. This is not so much a remember when, but whatever happened to Casey Atwood. He was part of that Dodge rebirth in NASCAR back about 15, 18 years ago, whatever it was. Dodge came back in. Casey Atwood was one up-and-coming young stud out of Nashville Speedway, I believe, and uh, his cup career... NASCAR career in general was uh, was uh, relatively short compared to what uh, everybody had hoped for. Remember? Well, yeah, because uh, he didn't cut the mustard, and he got cut by Ray. Yep. And I think Casey Kane came in and took his place. Might have been. Yeah. Yep, so yep. I think Casey Kane and him are about the same age. Yep. Casey Kane is 38. Yep. So I'd say 40. Oh, I thought you were going to say 38. He's 38. Is he? I was going to be a little pissed okay. if you got two in a row. All right. All right. Well, now that we're on the subject, boy, how this thing goes around, comes around right back Sunday, Ray Evernham. Ray? Ray Evernham. Sugar Ray Evernham. Out Ray. of New Jersey. Ray. Got a, got a stock car start, I think, helping uh, Jay Signori tune up them IROC cars, I believe. Yeah, he's got to be around 60. We'll say it. 60. 61. Okay. All right. Pretty damn good again, though. Yeah. Unreal. One more next Tuesday, one of my all-time favorites. I believe yours, too. Speaking of the old Bush series, Randy LaJoy. Next Tuesday, Randy LaJoy. Out of Connecticut, I do believe. Randy LaJoy. Corey LaJoy's daddy. Oh, Corey LaJoy. Okay. Yeah, Corey LaJoy's yeah. daddy. Randy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we mentioned we mentioned Buckshot Jones earlier. Boy, <laughs> Randy LaJoy had some set twos with Mr. Buckshot Jones. They were classic. Look them up, man. Beautiful stuff. Uh, anyway, Randy won a bunch of bush races, couple championships, ran, some, ran a lot of cup races, too. And uh, next Tuesday's his birthday. I'm not sure which one it's going to be. You want to tell us, Mr. Kelly? Take a shot. You can do it. Mm. Got faith. Let's see. Corey is oh. in his 20s. Don't look at Corey. Don't, Don't think about that. It could be anything. Cal Petty, 60, just had a baby, for God's sake. Oh, you're you're right. Yeah. So, Rainer Joy might be 90 for a Yeah. And Kyle still has that, the baby weight on. <laughs> yeah, he had lost the baby weight. <laughs> Ah, okay. 50, Randy LaJoy. 55. 57. Good job, though. You did well. You did yourself proud, as usual. Anything you want to add before we uh, turn everybody loose? Well, uh, the fine folks out there in, uh, in, on the Internet, yep. where can they find you on Twitter? I'm at, uh, at uh, Hey Willie NJ, as in News Journal. Right. Or New Jersey, if you're from up there. You can go to. <laughs> I'm at Godwin Kelly. Not good one, Godwin. That's one O. And then if you have a question, 
wonder yeah. how many wonder how many followers Goodwin Kelly gets yeah. from that. <laughs> if you have a question of any type, anything, automobiles, racing, uh, love life, uh, the Hello. meaning the meaning of life, mm-hmm. you can go on the Twitter and hashtag Hey Willie, and Hey Willie will answer any and all questions on this podcast. Do you have an itch? There may be a podcast in the future. I have a spasm where we somewhere. have so many questions. Yeah, that that's all we do. That's all we're going to do. We're just going to take one after another, after another, after another. Does it burn? With, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Hey Willie. All right. Till next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Daytona Motor Mouths. To reach the program, please visit DaytonaMotorMouths.com or follow on Twitter at NASCAR Daytona or Facebook at NASCAR Daytona. And thanks for joining us. Daytona Motor Mouths is a production of the Daytona Beach News Journal.